Welcome back to Meditation with the Meredith's. This is your host, co-host, Rasta Dad. <laughs> with Sorry. my partner, fine crime, crime fighting partner, philosophical partner, meditation partner, parenting partner, partner of love. I love you life. too. <laughs> Rasta Mama's here with me, y'all. Let's give her a shout out. I can put a sound effect there. (laughs) We are back for episode two. Another meditation. Meditation two. (laughs) Episode two. Two, two. We're going to talk about some genealogy. Some 23 and you and me. (laughs) 23 and me (laughs) at Ancestry.com. Which we both did ourselves. Got back some similar information different numeric information but similar and um, I feel like this episode is important because um, you know if you see my face you know where I come from you're like that's an African American right I'm an African descent at least you thought that all Which, of your life. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> I'm an African descent <laughs> who happens to live in America. And I'm like, makes sense, you know? Look like all the other Africans I see. Um, even though I see some brown Spanish people, some, <laughs> you know, I see some Halas people. I see some, uh, 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 you know, you see Saudi Arabia, Pakistani, and even Israeli people uh, all have brown skin. Uh, Cuban people, Honduras, everyone has brown skin, but apparently my brown skin makes me African American. <laughs> isn't that something? <laughs> and isn't that something? <clears throat> and um, even in like this, even in the town, even in the town of, uh, even if you ever been to Penn State's main campus. You'll see some very dark Indian people. University dark, Park. University Park. Or State College. Or State College. <laughs> the Pakistans, and I know the Pakistans are flying the flag around in their car. And as they should. Uh, 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 where's the Palestine? I think I got I'm not sure. It's Pinos Palestines. Because they're the ones. I'm being sure you oppressed. see all kinds of flags throughout yeah. State College. Either way. It's a very big melting pot. These guys' of skins are darker than mine. Yeah. Hair is straighter than mine. But skin is darker than mine. They don't get called African American. So, genealogy was important. It felt important to do. For you and for me. Yes. Because, uh, one. You don't know anything. Yeah, you, you like, don't. Like, where do you start? And when you don't have anybody to give you the information. Where do you start if you know nothing? Yeah. <laughs> That's the importance of having family and parents. So, as we're the first trailblazers in our respective, of our respective relatives to come from a healthy two-parent household, um, we're learning. And also know who we are so that we can pass it down to our children so that they know who they are. Right. Because if you, if somebody asks you, you know, well, where do you come from? Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, white mm-hmm. people don't get asked that question. Mm-hmm. And when they do, they have a pretty solid idea. Mm-hmm. 
like for me to not know anything at all, I still had the idea that I was a little bit French and a little bit German. And my only idea was that I was black and African. Yeah. So, we went ahead and did two different tests. One on Ancestry.com and one on 23andMe. So, do you want to go over your results first or I go over my results first? I can go over mine first. So... You going over yours might help everybody maybe understand mine. (laughs) So, go ahead. We can Um, talk. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to break it down for you guys. So, as you guys know, I should be 100% African. <laughs> Sorry. But unfortunately, as Murray would say, that is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> the results come back that I am actually 76.5% Sub Saharan African. Granted, that's majority. Majority rules. Makes sense. Absolutely. <laughs> but of that 76.5%, I still have to make up 100% total, right? Second highest number of my DNA from and this 23. Is from 23 and me? Yeah, from 23 and me would be 22.5% European. Oh man. Can we like take a moment to remember how shocking this actually was the first time you got these results? My mother just my mother just did hers as well and she found out as well she's European. And it was shocking for her as well. She said she just had to take it in. She's just taking it all in. I mean, what else do you really say about it? You know, you go your whole life <clears throat> checking off all these data sheets saying I'm African-American, mm-hmm. but like, really, I'm not. Just solely African-American. You know, I have ancestors who apparently are European. And that could be through a lot of things, obviously, because of my DNA trials being black. But still. And we're not done there yet, though. Well, actually, before we go further, the majority of the European that I happen to be is Northwestern European, which goes down even smaller to 14.8% British and Irish and 2.5% of Scandinavian, with broadly Northwestern European being 1.1. And then there's the Spanish and Portuguese some Ashkenazi Jewish and some broadly European <laughs> that's my European I'm really going to get for everyone start from the bottom broadly European which is at 0.4 Ashkenazi Jewish which is at 0.4 Spanish Portuguese which is 3.3 and then there's the 1.1% of broadly Northwestern European the 2.5% of Scandinavian and 14.8% of British and Irish. Now again, ladies and gentlemen, Rasta died from North Philadelphia, <laughs> born and raised to two African parents. Darker than space, parents' <laughs> skins like marble. I have 22.5% DNA of European coursing through my bloodline. Line. Because no one looks like you. <laughs> it's wild. It's almost incomprehensible. And before we go any further, I'll finish off this with I 
have 0.6% indigenous American in my <laughs> blood as well. <laughs> and then they happen to trace some more of my DNA, just 0.2%. To trace, being your trace my DNA. trace ancestor so like I feel like that tri- isn't that I don't know if there's an explanation for what that is like how but the trace ancestry is like far back yeah that's like there's traces so at first it didn't say at like, first it used to Thai. say it was Thai and like Mamar right and, and now what does it say now it says it's broadly East Asian right like they don't want to pinpoint it two percent yeah and that just, you know, I can read these things to you guys and spend time doing that, but that's just a lot of data and information. But as you guys, I'll give you the final numbers again. 76.5% Sub-Saharan African, 22.5% European, 0.6% Indigenous American, and 0.2% broadly East Asian with unassigned 0.2% DNA because if it just you go me. to your ancestry timeline like your generational timeline ancestry no no 123andMe oh, but go to that timeline remember the timeline they gave oh you? yeah 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 and so, go over that so the ancestry timeline um it specifies how many generations ago were um, were my most recent ancestors for each population. Oh wow! They actually updated this. What's it say? It actually said my Ashkenazi Jewish is now back five to eight generations plus. That makes sense. It used to be number one Indigenous American. Who's now that's number two. So start. What from the top or so we'll start from the top. Wait, what? <laughs> now, so this really did change. Whoa, this is even blowing my mind because your so, mom did it, so they have more information. Yeah, so okay, so going back three to five generations of my DNA will be Spanish and Portuguese. Told you someone Spanish, someone close to you is Spanish. <laughs> You'll figure it out. That's funny. So, three to five generations ago, Spanish and Portuguese. Four to seven generations ago, was Angolian and Congolese. Four to seven generations also was Nigerian. Also, four to seven generations was Sangambini and Guinean. And then we have British and Irish, which goes back five to eight generations. Now, interesting. Could that be slavery? I feel like it misses it, almost. But. I don't know how long slavery was at least four is. generations. Isn't four generations like, is it generation 100 years? Or is it 10? I could try to Google it real quick. Thirty years. A generation is thirty years. It says. So. If we. So how many generations back? So if we have the British and Irish being five to eight, between five and eight. So five generations times thirty years. That's one hundred fifty years ago. Right. So it's the probably within slavery around. So, no. so if you do eight to eight, it's probably still eight within it. You got to be over 30, like four hundred. Yeah, two hundred forty. Yeah, it has to be like so. What's this is within so between slavery time? So one hundred fifty and two hundred forty years ago. Was your British? Oh yeah, it says it right here. Actually, here I go. What is that? It says you most likely had a third grandparent, fourth grandparent, 
fifth grandparent or a sixth grandparent who was 100% British and Irish. This person was likely born between 1750 and 1840. Oh, shit. So that means I had a grandparent who was 100% British and Irish? Oh, that's awesome. Well, some... That's awesome. ...stage of grandparents. But I had a grandparent, well, like mean, a yeah, great-grandparent. So it's 2023, right? Right. So you subtract 150 years from 2023. That was 1873. Damn. You take 2023, subtract 240 years... That's 1783. Yeah, that's amazing. It's beautiful. So, slavery. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe it's not beautiful. (laughs) It's hard to tell you. You don't know, right? Yeah. Well, that's that's the only thing that keeps this. That's the reason why, you know, as a black person, I had to do this, especially coming from a family of my own family, where you don't have a... My dad's no longer alive. My mom had us young. My grandma started her life being the bandit um we don't have much history and data to really go off of other yeah. than a bunch of old relatives who passed away um probably years before vicky and i were really born mm-hmm. so some of the stuff is just kind of like all right we have we we know we have these great grandparents you know do we know obviously if they were evil grandparents or do we know if they're grandparents that happened out of love or was it out of force you know and generally looking at history it probably was out of force um so yeah, definitely being where it's at, where it's placed, can definitely be a little bit of, definitely has some eyebrows being raised. Yep. Um, now, guess what it comes right before it? What comes right after that? But what comes right because it was, it's it's kind of weird though because if you it think about sense. it, where it's where it's placed at, the European is kind of scattered out now. So we have the five. It's why I said it kind of was beautiful because I, I what I obviously what I see it as. So it says British and Irish was five to eight generations, but then Ghanaian, Liberia, and Sierra Leone was also five to eight. So is Southern East African. Mm-hmm. So is Scandinavian. And Indigenous American, but that goes with Ashkenazi Jewish as possibly... They're all five plus. to eight. Wow. All those. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, you just don't know. So that's not even more... <laughs> you just don't know. How is that even more recent than it used to be? 1720s, 1840s? Yeah, a lot of these people... A lot of my grandparents, great-grands, they most likely got DNA from were born around the 1750s and 1840s so that's a timeline of my DNA and what would that be like my timeline of my DNA in America would be that's what it looks like, like indigenous American and then you have Scandinavian you know the people of the northern regions and yeah those guys. the Vikings were over here before everybody else right well not everybody else but well, you yeah, know what no, I'm saying before the other white before, people before yeah the white people yeah <laughs> so <laughs> the indigenous was here you know the Scandinavians were here and then it goes back to indigenous I'm oh, sorry can I hold your phone <laughs> I mean <laughs> this is just it blows my mind here, here what really blows my mind if Akhenat Jewish was my first part of my DNA then Kyrie Irving was right we are Israelites <laughs> and that's when they're be- that's for uh, they, they list that yeah that, they I list that, that as your too. last one I just peeped that too Ashkenazi Jewish indigenous oh, like, American am I, am so I it's like <laughs> I'm Hebrew what <laughs> I'm the son of Solomon says the Christian from North Philly no what happened I don't know I was just reading some stuff oh Anyway, Ashkenazi Jewish, Indigenous American, Scandinavian, Southern East African, 
Ghanaian, Liberian, and Sierra Leonean. And then British and Irish. And then the Senegambian. I'm sorry, I know I butchered that. And Gideon. Nigerian, Angolan, and Congolese. You know dang well that that Spanish and Portuguese was some black person who didn't know they were Spanish and Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> curly ass hair. <laughs> Hanging out around Philly. That's, this is, it is like, this is a very interesting profile. Yeah, definitely. They switched, they switched like, it up. The uh, timelines are smaller now. You see, your ancestry like, timeline, right? It, it did not look like this before. Yeah, it definitely. Was, now that my mom did it, they have a lot more accuracy. Right. And unfortunately, my That's dad's why being, it's well, it doesn't good. matter that he's gone because I haven't been. I have his, his, exactly. his chromosomes. So yeah. yeah. That's why you could figure out your paternal yeah. haplogroup and your maternal. Which, haplogroup. which my paternal haplogroup is? I do happen to share the same paternal haplogroup as King Now the Great. Yeah. Probably pull it up. Yeah, we'll get there sometime. <laughs> but it's wild. But yeah, so to start this podcast off, everyone may look at me and think that I'm a black man, but I'm an Israelite. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, I my mean, genetic makeup—I'm not gonna get into the politics of that. But my genetic makeup is obviously very well more vivid than shown upon my skin. So it goes into the question as to why do I, you guys come, not you guys, but why does the world call us black? <clears throat> One, what mixes, what defies the word, you know, black? And why does it only pertain to a certain group of people? Um, because obviously, as the record shows, I'm more uh, American than a lot of you Europeans. <laughs> 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 so, you know, I will now pass the mic over to my European Listen, partner. Listen, like, there's like, <laughs> no, let's go over, before we go over my profiles, All right. oh, go, my to your, go to your ancestry yeah, yeah, yeah. report, because this is, of course, interesting, because between Ancestry.com and 23andMe, what type of information do these companies have in the first place that is telling them and their scientists, right? Mm -hmm. You know, what this DNA looks like. Obviously, 23andMe and Ancestry.com, I don't know if there's anything that talks about this out on the internet, I never Googled it, but obviously they have two different sets of data because Ancestry, um, for both of us, I don't think they have an, I don't know what Irish gets lumped under, maybe I. Maybe it gets left under British. I don't know. Yeah. Because it's not listed. But of course, then on 23andMe, we have listed as Irish. Yeah, because I have... Oh, that's true. Because... So, here's my 20... Here's my ancestry. They have me in Nigeria. Uh, Nigeria. Mali. England and Northwestern Europe. Which I guess would be... The, the, the Irish. The Irish, yeah. But I'm in Toga. Cameroon, Congo, and Western Bantu peoples, Ivory Coast and Ghana, Senegal, Scotland, Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even put Ashkenazi Jewish, nope. did they? <sighs> well, actually, I think if you click on it, they do break it down a little bit more. No, they don't. Oh, well. <laughs> they actually, they actually, I, I can read this real quick for the people. Okay. Um, see how good I do. Jewish from Ancestry.com. The historic dispersal of the Jewish population from its origin in the uh, Levant 
on the east coast of the Mediterranean resulted in insular communities scattered throughout Europe, North Africa, Central Asia, and the Middle East. Although some Jewish communities enjoyed positions of relative peace and prosperity, many more were segregated from mainstream society by law, custom, and prejudice, experiencing sustained persecution and discrimination. Jewish populations from Northern and Eastern Europe were often known as Ashkenazi. Safford, Safford, Safferdick. I don't know how to pronounce that word actually. Uh, see if I can get it to do it for me. Hold on. Hold on. Huh. Trying to get it to Google it. How would you spell it? S E P H A R D I C. Sephardic? Sephardic. Sephardic. I don't know. But it's a word that's used to describe Jewish people. Sephardic refers to Jews who were expelled from Spain during the Inquisition and mostly settled in North Africa and Southeastern Europe. Yeah, so that. So yeah, (coughs) Jewish people. Interesting. By Ancestry.com. Then I also have Norway and I have Spain. (laughs) As we just read about Spain. What are those percentages? Spain is 1%, Norway is 1%, and so is Jewish. Hmm. But Scotland is 2%. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Ancestry.com definitely has different... They actually break down by African even more. Nigeria, yeah, Mali, Benin, Toga, Cameroon, Ivory Coast, I Senegal. I noticed they broke that down more than 23andMe. But then we're pretty broad with their like European descriptions I yeah like. even when I read about this European and the Russian thing uh, before we did this podcast it was you no know, it talked about Britain and you know Great Britain and Britain and Britain the British Empire being established and um, James Cook who in the 1770s who traveled along the eastern Australia and New Zealand coast claiming for the Great Britain and pretty much you know taking convicts to Australia for hundreds uh, for 80 years um, you know they never talk about there's nothing they talk about at all about Irish you know the north you know northern Ireland or anything they talk about how the British Empire pretty much colonized the world <laughs> you know through the 19th century yeah. uh, so you know Java Singapore Hong Kong India all because they lost the Americas uh, you know so uh, it's it's a little interesting how ancestry.com they, they they do seem to be very honest it seems like they're not scared to write the truth about colonization right um, but they do seem to kind of they don't seem to talk that in depth about the European colonization as I feel like they can they seem kind of like we're going to be soft about it <laughs> yeah. You know, because like, what? Well, the next question we want to ask ourselves is who owns Ancestry and who owns 23andMe, right? Yeah. I, I don't like, know those answers. I think, I feel I'm like 23andMe went back to like a company like China 
and ancestry. Well, you know, like, like they say, mm-hmm. that like the, these guys are stealing our DNA. And they're gonna know everything about us, right? They already stole my DNA. That's what you I'm know, saying. They got blood <laughs> Shit, they stole my DNA since birth. They took my foreskin and everything. Yeah. And like, I mean, we got my teeth from dentistry. What else they need? Yep. Isn't that <laughs> kind of strange that you don't get your teeth back from dentists anyway? Yeah, I asked for it too. My wisdom teeth and told me no. I'm like, wait, why? That's like my my body. It's like something my body produced. I guess that's just as well. You know, I guess women do ask for the placenta hygiene. I guess, but I never did. I'm like, it's okay. I don't need that. Anyway, let's get back to this. But um, (laughs) yeah. So, 23 of me definitely has different information than. Uh, ancestry or vice versa. So how, how do you feel at this point about the information that you have found in both 23andMe and Ancestry? Uh, personally, um, I love it. Right. Um, just shows the human connectedness to the world that I have. And it shows that, you know, I have proud African genetics and also have proud American genetics. Um, I'm not ashamed of the European genetics, even if it's through... Um, you know slavery right um because that's just that's just hating myself because of the product of history and honestly you know if anything connection to people who may understand uh the situation who I happen to share in some way you know DNA with in European countries and now we can sit down and talk right and further the conversation right you know it's not it is you know because essentially in my meditation at least I feel like humans are going to be this. We're going to eventually come to this point in the first place. Right. Maybe not this fast. You know, I think colonization I definitely mean, made it happen really, fast. Is this really fast? Though? Well, if I think about how colonization made it happen, yeah, kind of fast. Well, yeah, it's just a blip in time. That's when this is essentially, yeah, it just kind of made. But is it fast? You no, know, I think we would have gotten here I regardless. Think over time, I think we were selling at a, a rapid pace. <laughs> I think we were selling at a pretty rapid pace. Yeah, I was talking about this the other day. I'm like, you know, did the Spanish bring? The Spanish flu through conquest. I mean, yeah, of course, any types of germs and, and uh, germs, bacteria, was transferred through traveling. Right. And so I remember I was reading about something about, something about the Spanish inquisitions and how they had this sickness that they were spreading um, through their conquests. And it wasn't like an attention to it at least at first of course <laughs> uh, yeah. but then it became um, I had no idea um, but anyways, anyways um, <laughs> if I think about it all now you know knowing history you learn about the Spanish conquistadors you know really learning about those guys being some of the first ones to fully fund the transatlantic slave trade um, you know may have not been the ones who did the slave trade but um, who who themselves who did not know much of themselves were like they made they had their first ships, you know, that they sailed to Brazil and all that stuff. But they kind of easily got out of it and started just funding it. Um, and um, you know, the Vikings obviously did it too, and obviously the Germans did it, the Romans did it. You know, the Europeans were just colonizing the world. And, um, you know, the there's there's um, nothing to really feel ashamed about. 
Um, and I hope that any other person who identified who finds out like information the same way yeah because essentially it just shows you to think bigger shows you that the word nigga doesn't matter (laughs) you know because you ain't one you know it shows you that you ain't one um you know that you don't come from that product of that you come from greater things and it doesn't have to be a king or a queen Uh, I mean it's also a reminder of like what is like what what's this whole putting labels on races and ethnicities like all this is is as we can tell right between ancestry and 23 me, these are two scientists i presume with or, or two different groups of scientists that probably work on all of this right they have different sets of information mm-hmm. isn't that just the same as somebody saying here's the bible of jesus christ and then someone's saying, here's the Quran. Yeah. You have two different sets of information that you believe is true. That's all. Why do we have a name on any of this in the first place, right? We're all, we're, we say racism, but we're actually the same, like, species. Like, we are homo sapiens, right? <laughs> we all stand up straight and walk on two legs. Right, like. Because if we didn't. Is that correct, homo sapiens? Yeah. Okay. Homo erectus. What, whatever it is. Like, we're we the same. Right. We're not different species. You know, you and I talk about this all the time. Like, uh, you know, there's animals that can go out into the wild and they're like, okay, that's like a giraffe over there. That's a zebra. That's, oh shit, that's a lion. Let's run. <laughs> I mean, just, there's you know? like documentation of animals drinking at water hose. You know, all like having species. an understanding that yeah. they're all different species, and sometimes it works out just fine. And also, sometimes the circle of life happens. No one fucks with the So, hip-hop. now, why amongst humans, the you know, uh, as far as we know, the most intelligent species on earth, right? Um, why can't we get along? Because we have uh, a, over, a hyper powered brain that has the ability to you make You know what plans. the real problem is? What? Capitalism. That too. <laughs> yeah. No, it is because stress is going to be the only thing that gets people who look differently uh, to have a problem. If you're not stressed out, you don't have a problem. We yeah. talk about this with the Jamaicans. Of course, they're in their, uh, you know, fields of luxury, mm-hmm. the, the herb, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, whoever it is, you know, that's not good. <laughs> I don't know if it's their Babylon. Babylon, yeah. Let's 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 be straight, right? You know, doesn't want them to have it. Why not? Because if they're not stressed, what is there to worry about? <laughs> they don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, though. Like, who put all of these labels on all of us? Why did we feel the need to do that? The British Empire. I just read to you, if you remember from a little bit ago, um, I was on my ancestry report, just glancing over things, and I go to communities that, um, you didn't go over that part on your ancestry. Mm. Maybe you should do that. Oh, that was my Yeah, on your ancestry.com, when you go to the communities. Yeah, my communities of, was early you know, North, North Carolina settlers and mm-hmm. early Virginia settlers and Mid-Atlantic settlers. Did that give you a time frame of what 1700s year? 1700s. Okay, like so that. yeah, that white, that European white British that's in your line is like 
A hundred percent. Yes, that that's slavery. That slavery. Yeah. Because now all your family, you're from Philadelphia, but all of your family actually ties down to the Carolinas. No, if we tied to Philadelphia, we cut some of the Carolinas. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I forget what we were recently learning about. We're, you and I about Philadelphia being like really bad like really 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 racist and bad yeah. for like slaves like you weren't really supposed to come here uh, uh, I was just reading to you when I was looking at my communities about my connection to this New Jersey and Eastern Pennsylvania settlers and as I scrolled down and read about New York City in the 1860s I think it said let me get to it real quick Um, yeah. In 1863, there were anti-draft riots that erupted in New York City in 1863, where white immigrants and poor laborers attacked and killed black, this is how they word it, Ancestry.com, black workers and burned their businesses. Union soldiers were transferred from Gettysburg to New York to stop the fighting. And this happened with... This is amongst the anti-draft riots. So thousands of soldiers were sent to fight in the American Civil War, yet many were unhappy with the heavy bloodshed and long duration. So anti-draft riots erupted, and it ended up with white immigrants and poor laborers attacking and killing black workers and, and burned their businesses. I don't get any other information on here. I'm sure we could Google it and look that wow. up. But I don't get any other, other, other information about it. But, of course, this why does it get tied to white immigrants and poor laborers? Because white immigrants and poor laborers were poor. They didn't right? work. Well, if that had anything, we're a few of my chiming in real quick. Yeah. Because I have something to connect with that because of Germantown, okay. Philadelphia. Um, when I was, you know, when I would talk to the elders of Germantown, the real people of Germantown from like the 60s and 70s and all that stuff, they talked a lot about, uh, one time they brought up a few times, they brought up actually, Germantown used to have a trolley, the 23 trolley that would run through it, right through Germantown Ave, all the way through North Philly, going down to South Philly. And during the war, um, I think it was, uh, I forget which war, but either way, during the war, black people weren't allowed pretty much to be involved. All the whites got drafted, left no white men to you know, run the trains and buses. So black men had to do it. Mm -hmm. They were getting attacked by the people on the bus. Mm -hmm. So GI soldiers had to start coming on the bus with guns just so black men could drive these white people, European people, to their destinations without getting attacked. So that was just a little story to throw into there with your story of Right, that's, well, that's why, you know, you have to question, like, why, who put all of this stuff on us in the first place? You know? I because, mean, yeah. you know, you can talk about being part European, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, how you may feel about that as being someone who's labeled African-American. And that's what you thought, like, you're 29 years old now and you didn't find this information out. When did we do these? Like a year or two ago? Yeah. You know, you just found this out a couple of years ago. But in reality, <laughs> you're also... Devoted to a European woman, and you have two children that now have more European blood as well. 
So it's kind of like, does it really matter that you're part of European? Right? Right. Like, I guess in essence we could say who cares about any of this? But <laughs> for um, intellectual conversational purposes, you know, we did these tests and this information is just, it's just wild. And it just goes to show the history's course and how it plays in it. Because, you know, if you say capitalism was the biggest root of all this evilness we got to deal with. And if you think about the young patriots and the Black Panthers, you know, they were fighting over jobs in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And Fry Hampton tried to unite them, let them know, hey, we're fighting the same war. We mm-hmm. want to just have labor jobs too. We want to be able to just work and pay for ourselves. And that's why they unionized together and got together to fight the system. And, you know, that's why the government killed Fred Hampton at 21 years of age. Mm-hmm. And they ran his house and killed him up on his bed because he was uh, uh, an African descent, as we know. Mm-hmm. man in Chicago who came from the outskirts of Chicago, who came from a little, up, a little upper class, lower middle class family who saw the world through a different lens because he didn't grow up in the ghetto directly. He was able to try to uplift his brothers and sisters with his words, and it obviously got him assassinated. And the thing is, all of this, you know, comes from what you're saying. These labels, you know, you know, these ideologies, these fables we all create as to what makes us different, and. Uh, what makes us better than one another. And everybody wants to come, you know, if we think about it in the human essence, humans, as just a plant, we want to survive, you know. So if money can get us some food, can pay our bills, so we're not on the street in the cold, yeah. trying to poop in the bag, you know, we'll kill for the cash if we got to. Yep. And essentially that makes us now our enemies. With humans being the most intelligent species in the world, you would think we have a better means to come together, to work together, that way we can all profit together. But we already do it differently because we all see it as we got to take care of our own family. Well, maybe, that's kind of how they made it, right? And maybe <laughs> that came from, you know, broken homes in the first place. Capital, capitalism, capitalism. It's all true capitalism. It's, it's all slavery if, and if all we, that. If we didn't have to worry so much about money and paying bills and, you know, the idea of having absolutely nothing if you didn't pay and have money to pay for bills, then, mm-hmm. like, shit. <laughs> Life could be a lot different, right? <laughs> yeah, we could be growing gardens and having chickens and shit. But instead, we're working so hard to go to the market to not even buy the food we need to eat. I'm about to go fucking hunt for it. Fuck, they're paying my bills. I can't eat, so why should I pay any other thing else? But, and so... Just saying. No, I agree. So I'm about to give not pointless information because I'm a human being and I am important. But some not so interesting, maybe, information about my 23andMe. <laughs> da, 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 da. Can you guess what percentage European I am? <laughs> I guess. What? Or the audience. I mean, the audience can think about it for a moment. That's funny. <laughs> If, if the audience has seen our faces, then you may guess. I'll say you're 30% European. That I am indeed 100% European. No. 
But you know, when you really think about it, right? Let's go back to my ancestry tab right here. And I want to discuss something like the maternal haplogroup. You actually have information on yours mm -hmm. <clears throat> that we didn't go over, but obviously, when you look at a haplogroup and they tell you what it is, right? Let me just read some information so the audience knows exactly what I'm talking about if you've never heard of this before. So, 23andMe told me that my maternal haplogroup is H6A1A. So, here's some uh, information that they have. It says, you descend from a long line of female ancestors that can be traced back to Eastern Africa over 150,000 years ago. These are people of your maternal line and your maternal haplogroup sheds light on their story. As our ancestors ventured out of Eastern Africa, they branched off in diverse groups that crossed and recrossed the globe over tens of thousands of years. Some of their migrations can be traced through haplogroups, families of lineages that descend from a common ancestor. Your maternal haplogroup can reveal the path followed by the women of your maternal line. So this is where they start 180,000 years ago, uh, haplogroup, haplogroup L. If every living person today could trace his or her maternal line back over thousands of generations, all of our lines would meet at a single woman who lived in Eastern Africa between 150,000 and 200,000 years ago. <coughs> Take that in. Mm -hmm. Though she was one of perhaps thousands of women alive at the time, only the diverse branches of her haplogroup have survived to today. Sorry, my throat is a little itchy. Mm -hmm. <coughs> the story of your maternal line begins with her. Eastern Africa. What does that mean? Do people talk about that? Do white people talk about that? What? That we, according to science, according to this science, we all come from a black woman. <coughs> I mean, she's black or albino. I guess it depends on how you, I don't know, who, who would know, but African black people can be albino. Right. What's that about? Does anybody um, talk? I mean, so like, so the audience knows, obviously I know what that's about, but like, do people talk about that? No, like, do we address that? Like, does anybody you know, think to themselves, oh, the black woman can have a child that is albino, that has blonde hair and fair, very light skin? Fortunately for European people, situations like this, is like situations like George Floyd, you got to force them to be in a house and see it. They just don't know. Yeah. So, let me continue here, because this, of course, is the first little subgroup that says haplogroup L, which is 180,000 years ago. Uh, haplogroup L3 is 65,000 years ago. Um, this, they say, was a woman who likely... What? 
That's a 65,000 years. Mm-hmm. So basically on the map, it just shows it went a little bit north, right? Towards towards the blanking zone that we talked about. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh-huh. she um, went a little bit north. Uh, it says, one small group ventured east across the Red Sea, likely across the narrow Bab el Mandeb into the tip of the Arabian Peninsula. Hoplo group N is 59,000 years ago. Mm. So this is uh, uh, across the Red Sea. Um, it says, researchers have long debated whether they arrived there via the Sinai Peninsula or made the hop across the Red Sea at the Bab el-Mandeb. Though their exact routes are disputed, there is no doubt that the women of Hapa Group N migrated across all of Eurasia, giving rise to new branches from Portugal to Polynesia. Haplo group R. 57,000 years ago. Uh, one of those branches is haplogroup R, which traces back to a woman who lived soon after the migration out of Africa. She likely lived in Southwest Asia, perhaps in the Arabian Peninsula, and her descendants lived and migrated alongside members of haplogroup N. Along the way, R gave rise to a number of branches that are major haplogroups in their own right. Haplogroup H is 18,000 years ago. Um, it says there may this person remained in the Middle East for tens of thousands of years. Haplogroup H among arose among the latter group from a woman who likely lived less than 18,000 years ago. Her descendants expanded dramatically to the north after the Ice Age and eventually reached from Arabia to the western fringes of Siberia. Still listening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 11,000 years ago, H6. Members of haplogroup H6 all descend from a woman who likely lived approximately 11,000 years ago in the Middle East. Subsequent migration carried members of H6 eastward to the Altai Mountains of Central Asia, where it is common among speakers of Altaic languages, such as Kazakh, Altai and Mongolian. Then, about 3,000 years ago, a westward migration of her descendants carried H6A into Europe, extending the, the range of H6 to cover over 3,600 miles of Eurasia. Today, H6 is found throughout the Middle East and is one of the most frequent branches of haplogroup H in the Arabian Peninsula. In Central Asia, it is common among speakers of Altaic languages such as Kazakh, Altai, and Mongolian. Farther to the west, members of H6 have been found in the Caucasus. Is that how you say that? Caucasus. Uh huh. Mm. And in the Balkans of Eastern Europe, and at low levels, five percent or less, in the Czech Republic, Slovakia, France, Ireland, Sweden, and Norway. I'm almost finished here. H6A1A. Your maternal haplogroup traces back to a woman who lived approximately 7,000 years ago. That's nearly 280 generations ago. What happened between then and now? And of course, they don't have any more information to tell me. Mm-hmm. But isn't that interesting that all I have all this talk, obviously, about Africa, talks about the Middle East and going into Eurasia, right? If you look at me, I have fair skin, freckles, bright blue eyes... And my hair, I don't know if it's always been this color, 
after children having children, I feel like it changed color a little bit. Mm. Um, but it's like a dirty blonde, a reddish blonde. So, what in my life, especially with not knowing any family history, would ever lead me to know or believe that my maternal line is like I don't know, not as European as they tell me I am. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's go to. Um, back to my ancestry report and look at the composition for myself I am 89.4% Northwestern European and you know I have some of these things really it's it's quite interesting that you don't have these broken down on your um, ancestries yeah you yours aren't broken down that tell you specifics like mine mine go down to particular right. regions that's because obviously my DNA is through the muddy yeah but why, why though like still why not like how do I have this much information For it says French and German 58% 23andMe tells me what like regions these are likely matches to so I'm 58% French and German and Germany is obviously a highly likely match mm-hmm. and I know that understanding that my great-grandparents on my dad's side, right? Mm-hmm. That, uh, the man who was 100% German. Right. Who we saw papers of, of him signing over his resignation of loyalty to the German reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And the one, and it's funny that he goes and marries and gets with this woman who is, uh, who has paper, that the papers we saw, she came from Prague. She came from Czechoslovakia, the Czech Republic. USSR. And then when, but here's the thing too, like, so it makes sense. This says Switzerland is a possible match, right? So Germany and Switzerland. But under Eastern European, which I am 10.3%, 23andMe tells me that match is Polish. That that it says here, Poland has 16 administrative regions. You share DNA with 23andMe participants who most frequently report their ancestors were from the following five regions. And it's a bunch of words I don't know how to pronounce. Mm. <laughs> Polish. And it has it highlighted specifically where my DNA looks like it would be from. Which I think at the time is near... You know, these places were right next to each other. And it was considered, at the time, the Czech Republic. Or was it Czechoslovakia listed on that that, uh, paperwork that we found? I forget. Either way, they came in, like, late 1920s. They came to America on my dad's side. So, obviously, that's where some of the German comes from. My mother's side... My grandfather was German. Right? Mm-hmm. So some of this makes a little bit of sense. But let's go back here. British and Irish, 17.3%. This is the part I love the most because finding out information through speaking with some, uh, actually like three different 
of my distant cousins, right? Mm-hmm. I spoke to three different people on hey. my father's side who all confirm and, and all traces back to that that this is truth, right? That the information I found is truth, and that the LaSalle's were once McSally's. Yeah, your name changed. I don't know. And that's because they were Irish. They were Irish. And they came here, from the information I could see, right after the Irish potato problem that they had. The famine. Yes. So when all the Irish people decided to come to America, and that is where my my dad's paternal side stems from. It's the Irish and then the German and the Czechoslovakian woman. Those are the equivalents. Or, um, well, I guess the paternal side, I traced that back to the 1850s, right? And um, for my dad's maternal side, that's as far as I can go, is, is the, the guy from Germany and the woman from Czechoslovakia. Right. That's as far as I know there. Unless but, like, does it. that's my dad's side. And then there's my mom's side where we have to question this maternal haplogroup, right? Now we get to talk about Eleanor. <laughs> Eleanor, uh, I forget her maiden name. Ah, uh, O'Shea. Was it O'Shea? That's when she went by. But then it turned into Shea. Yeah, Granny Shea. Or something like that. Anyway, she's brown. Oh, yeah. What's that about? And her husband, or, I don't know, I don't know, I'd have to ask my mother, was he a good husband to her? Or was he a baby daddy? Mm. I don't know. He was white as can be, German as can be, tall as can be, and she's just a little old brown lady living in central Pennsylvania. How did that happen? And I'm sorry if, I, if anybody else thinks I'm sounding ignorant. I'm not ignorant. This is the truth. Why is a little brown lady living in central Pennsylvania having children with this tall-ass white German guy? I'm just saying. Like, where where did that come from? And where does that, like, line of history go back? I don't know. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's that would be my great-grandmother. That's not even that far behind either. Anyway, I am 17.3% British and Irish, and when I go to 23andMe, it says United Kingdom highly likely match in places like Greater London, Glasgow City, Merseyside, Greater Manchester, Tyne and Ware, West Yorkshire, Lancashire, West Midlands, County Durham, in Edinburgh? Man, I'm saying Luxembourg and all kinds of shit like that. My Ireland, I love to look at. Likely match, it says. That's because it goes back, I'm assuming, too far, right? Ireland. County Dublin. County Galway. County Cork. County Tipperary. Tipperary? That's what it looks like. County Clare. County Mayo. County Offaly. County Limerick. County Donegal and County Kerry. I have all these specifics. It's wild. Scandinavian, 0.9%. Broadly Northwestern European, 13 point... You're telling me 13.2% you don't know? 
you just don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just I'm a, that mixed, really. It just tossed it up. This is what it says. Northwestern Europeans are represented by people from as far west as Ireland, as far north as Norway, as far east as Finland, and as far south as France. These countries rim the North and Baltic seas and have been connected throughout much of history by those waters. Broadly, Northwestern European DNA, DNA sorry, matches several specific populations that cannot be assigned to just one. This shared heritage may be the result of extensive migration, possibly including the Germanic invasions of the early Middle Ages. This is why I want to research German history. Uh, especially knowing that Whoa. they because, I'm sorry, you're telling me that you just can't pinpoint 13.2% of my DNA. That it's just broadly Northwestern European. Sorry, you're European. It's like that, I, I will never forget that lady from Ireland on Facebook who tried to say that I was a typical American. And I'm like, lady, what's American? I'm you. Anyway, anyway. Eastern European, I am 10.3%. I would have never known that in my life. Mm. I wouldn't. How would I know? How would I know? My dad would tell me some story about, uh, I think I remember someone saying something about someone uh, here in Wolves. I'm like, oh, that's real specific. <laughs> anyway, 23andMe tells me my match is Poland for my Eastern European. It says it's Poland. You have German and Poland in your blood. Mm-hmm. That is still phenomenal. But According to 23andMe, that's what I got. My 100% breaks down into 89.4% Northwestern European, which is the 58% French and German, 17.3% British and Irish, 0.9% Scandinavian, 13.2% simply broadly Northwestern European. And 10.3% Eastern European. Broadly European, 0.3. Interesting. Now, this is a little different, though. When I go to myancestry.com, which, by the way, is the one I did first. Right. Before I did 23andMe because it was cheaper. (laughs) This is what my ancestry says. Ethnic, under ethnicity, England and Northwestern Europe, 27%. Ireland, 24%. Germanic Europe, 16%. How am I 58% French and German on Ancestry or on or, or, or 23andMe, but I'm 16% Germanic Europe on Ancestry? What is that? What is that? Anyway. Eastern Europe and Russian. 11%. <laughs> I forgot about that. Okay. Sweden and Denmark. 9%. Scotland. 5%. Norway. 4%. Wales. 3%. Baltics. 1%. Hmm. How does one even begin to compare what type of information Ancestry.com has versus 23andMe? Uh, yeah. 
like even yours like yours was gave you much more specific pinpoint areas of where they think your DNA is from or ancestry like it breaks it down to Mali uh, Cameroon Bantu right yes wild because then also then how does each website how do they even begin I mean it does tell you this stuff but like you know you don't really get to see it happen in real life but they try to tell you who you inherited each DNA from when it comes to your parents well I think what 23 me I like is that since they got relatives now they're more precise with their well so does so does Ancestry well Ancestry has my they do that maternal versus paternal, and they say my, I've gotten all my European from my, like most of it from my mom and ancestry, but 23andMe says it came off from my dad. Yeah. And But and but 23andMe actually has my mom's info on her own and their database as right. well, right. themselves, ancestry doesn't. So I could obviously be, hey, this is our best guess from, right. from the parental, but you know, I think once your parent puts this obviously like a puzzle they unlock their chapter it unlocks bigger rewards because once I think once you did yours your information for your mom increased in your 23 and me that you got a little bit more DNA from her mm-hmm. than you did from your dad oh I mean well this is well yeah so 23 and me does for myself say that I got 50.1% well I don't know if this is actually what that means but it does say 50.1% from my mother and forty nine point nine percent for my father. Right, like and that could mean, you know. And then it gives you numbers, right? Like so, under for mine on twenty three me for my mom, it says forty eight point nine percent under Northwestern European, and then for her under her name it says thirty nine point three percent French and German, which would make sense if her dad's lineage is German, like full German, mm-hmm. right? British and Irish for her says 5.2%. Scandinavian says 0. Broadly, Northwestern European, 4.4. Eastern European, 0.9. Broadly, European, 0.3. And then there's my dad. That's one of my dad's side that says 40.5% Northwestern European. 18.7% of it was French and German. 12.1% under British and Irish. 0.9% under Scandinavian. 8.8% 8.8% under broadly Northwestern European, 9.4% Eastern European, and 0% broadly European. Like, how do you figure these things out? <laughs> how do you, I mean, like, how do you really do it? It's fun to look at, though. Yeah, and I mean, you can't take it too seriously because you know everybody has different information. You can hope that it's close and you can go off of it. But in reality, you're only going to know this information if you keep track of family history. Yeah. And you actually keep families together and open communication with all of your family members. And Boom. <laughs> we don't all come from that. So, these... It's unfortunate how many humans don't come from that. Mm-hmm. Which is why I told you in the beginning, it's because maybe it stems from broken homes, which is, you said it was right. You know, through our capitalism, families got to go to work. Families, you know, leaving kids at school, mm-hmm. you know, stress upon stress, you know, you start taking anger out of a kid, it goes through, you know, you think about the Irish, think about the Irish descendants from that your that came from your dad, your dad had Irish relatives that came from Ireland, 
and they were coal miners and we're in Pennsylvania which was known I know, to I have even coal go miners. over all of that yeah like you had yeah, the a Irish lot of came people, here like for that yeah yeah like they came here to coal mine and you had a a good depth of men and women on your dad's side died from like a from like a oh yeah um, uh, breathing lung problems lung problems mm-hmm. and you have a history of people who work the coal mines coincidence you know so COPD. see right and i want to say you even have asthma think about it i well you know i would love to go to a doctor and be sure that i like but that's I what I know, have, man. but I know I took medicine as a child and was told I had asthma. Yeah. It's just, you know, generational trauma runs deep. And to know who your family is and to have a village to lean on is, uh, I think, always very important. And, and that's a beautiful thing in African culture. Um, you know, the not so modern African culture, I would say. And it's a beautiful thing it's in the indigenous culture it's family you know even European culture but before the Europeans were fully Palestinian they were Moors um yep so let's not forget the Moors were first the Alamaks were also first uh anyways um you know um you know I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm glad that my DNA became the way it did but um glad to know the answers you know um quite imagine what my grandparents went through to give me the life that i have i mean here's something to think about with yours though you know we can gasp and say oh my god you know you're british and irish that comes through was right around slavery ages but like who's to say it wasn't like i don't know kind of like you and me right Who's to say it wasn't some white person and some black person who actually liked each other? Mm-hmm. Is that so far off to think that that was possible? Maybe that's me putting some rose-shaped colored glasses on. But, like, <laughs> I just think if people, you know, we've researched a little bit about the Grim K sisters, right? Right. And, you know... Uh, Brown Brown. Well, you know, Sarah Grimke and her sister didn't educate the slaves on their father's plantation for no reason. True. They 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 didn't do it. They did it because that's what they thought was right. Right, they lost like, their. You know, we we would have to talk about the Quakers of Pennsylvania if you really want to get into, you know, a discussion about uh, Europeans and black people as 23 and me put it in their descriptions right they, they, yeah. they literally said black I'm like whoa okay but anyway you know you'd have to go into a whole conversation about Quakers when it comes to that type of thing because the Grimke sisters from my understanding you know educated and tried to teach the slaves on their father's plantation right. tried to teach them how to read and tried to help with them with education. Their brother that was allowed to go to school, right, would come home and teach them some things. So then they would go and teach the slaves. And I, I tell you, that one quote has sat with me ever since, ever since I read it, that she said that. I can't remember it word for word, but just the essence of, you know, if you want equality and you really want to talk to the people about what equality is and, and how to get there and why we should all be trying to obtain it, um, you have to be really willing to lose everything. And, 
no person is going to get to that point and go out and speak on that point just because. So why is it so far-fetched to think that someone in your family line, maybe it wasn't rape, maybe it wasn't, you know, bad. It might have been around the age of slavery, but what if it was two people that actually love each other? Right. Just a thought. Yeah. Just a thought. Because you and I have never had any hate for each other, obviously. Mm -hmm. We have a family together. So why couldn't it happen then? Especially when we discuss and talk on points of how society and those with money, right, are the ones who put all this divisiveness in between us in the first place. To think, oh, you're white, you're black, oh, you're this, you're that. Mm -hmm. Well, we can't hang out because of this, or you're not going to be good because of this. No, Mm -hmm. I'm a human. Talk to me and get to know me, and then we can we can go move on with our life. <laughs> yeah, essentially. You know, everyone goes off of the the uh, Facebook value. <laughs> Literally, right? <laughs> um, you know, they they you know it's kind of like the old saying that piercing tattoos make you a bad person, but you know it's truly. If you get to talk to somebody and you just and, and and don't be scared to ask questions and look like a fool, because you know they don't teach us in school and <laughs> most people who are culturally conscious would be like would be happy to talk to you about their culture because uh, it teaches one if they get to share their culture with you and anyone wants to share their culture because culture is, is full of love, but you know it's because it's it's a beautiful thing to share as a community. It's always going to go back to me, for, for me at least, in my meditation in the village. You know, yeah, I agree with that. And that's the that's where the divisiveness came in of, like, governments and capitalism and society, right? Because, of course, we came up with names of what different types of people did. Because how else would you tell stories and how, was, how else would you get information across? Mm-hmm. But why did it turn so divisive? Um, anyway. Think power. We wanted, that's why I like that movie um, called The Invention of Lying. Um, because he there's a scene he went to the bank and he had no money originally but he started thinking of lies so he went to the bank and he said can I tell you this X amount of money she said you don't have it in there he said well I did she says are you sure he said yeah she said okay mm-hmm. she gives it to him because no one has ever told a lie before but he was the first one to ever tell a lie and so he got away with all this stuff because everyone thought he was telling the truth mm-hmm. and it's kind of like it's kind of like the Kanye song Kanye West song no one mentioned about his power and he had the power to pretty much, you know, um, make somebody believe something that wasn't true. And I think if you can have that kind of power, that makes somebody believe in an illusion, mm-hmm. you essentially won them over. Mm-hmm. Which is why we have, you know, the the uh, uh, allegory of the cave. You know, we're all stuck in a cave looking at the, just the puppets on the wall. And none of us are heading out. But, and we're gonna keep seeing the same exact stuff over and over and over. And we're just gonna be like, you have this, this is like a rerun. And then maybe we'll get tired. <laughs> or we try to break out. But until then, we're just trapped. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not really seeking nirvana or enlightenment in this world. No one truly wants to know the answer. Everybody wants comfort and for their fears and their anxieties, you know? Right. That's why we have so many illusions. So we have. Hollywood. That's why we have religion in some aspects. That's why we have 
Instagram and Facebook, you know, all these things that divide us and to make us feel like we're different than everyone else. If you realize everyone's just like you, they're just trying harder to look better than you, you shouldn't have to care. Because they're trying that hard to look better than you, that means they feel like they have competition in the first place. And if they do, then they're living life the wrong way. Well, you know, the only thing we should be competing for is a mate and food. I understand we got to compete for jobs because that's capitalism. That's capitalism, right? But if you try to think of it on the broadness of it, you should compete for a mate and compete for a meal. And if you can't get those two things, then you don't need some help. Because they're pretty simple. I mean, geez, if we're the most intellectual species, then why are we even competing for meals and and mates? I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I'd just rather restart back to our basic principle of... Uh, uh, actually, as I was reading about... Um, the gatherers, hunter-gatherers that entered uh, Britain after the Ice Age, you know, um, the ice started melting and the water levels went below sea level and they were able to trot on through and start inhabiting the land because of the changing environment. Um, I figured I was going with this. Mm-hmm. That's okay. What was it? What was I just talking about? For the caveman? Damn. Easy words. Easy words. I think we're wrapping up our yeah. little discussion here about ancestry and DNA. But, um... And, and what that means and the appearance of what things may be and what they may not be. Well, I think, well, to make an interesting case, circular back, you know, the boinking zone is where the Homo sapiens met with the Homo erectus, the Homo, the Homo sapiens met with the Neanderthals, and they boinked, and the Neanderthals essentially almost got wiped out because of it. I have a lot and, of Neanderthal traits. <laughs> and, um, so that's something to talk about. Essentially, The boinking zone, that's a whole, we'd have to re- do a whole other episode about the boinking zone and all the different species that existed before it was just us right but essentially humans just boinked and traveled so we were eventually always going to come together and start interbreeding and start realizing that we're only as strong as we are together so we'll meet we love you know this is why plants and fish and everything evolve because they're not scared to go through the uncomfortable change to better themselves with something that's they're not you know, you're not born perfect. This universe is perfect. This planet is perfect. And it has resources that can help you along your journey. Did you get a Neanderthal report on your 23andMe? Do you remember? I think I'm like less than 1%. Yeah. But, um... I just thought it was interesting. Mine's interesting, obviously. Because it says I have 76 more... 76% more DNA than other 23andMe customers. Hmm. Of course, it says what. So it says, what does this mean? It says you have less than two percent of Neanderthal DNA. Of course, I'm human, but I have out of seven thousand four hundred and sixty-two variants, they found two hundred and fifty-seven in my DNA. <laughs> mm. That's wild, but makes sense if 
My maternal haplogroup group is from the Middle East, and that was a boinking zone for some Neanderthals and Homo sapiens to try to like figure out what was going on. Yeah, because and why they looked alike, <laughs> but weren't alike. And my ancestors were nomads, as we read about before. So they were always traveling, trying to find mm-hmm. new life, new land. So of course, they met up in some boy. Yeah, so <laughs> essentially we we're all going to come together as one breed, one race, one species. One love. One love, however we wanted to see it. And that's just the way it was going to go. But obviously, conquistadors forced a hand upon us. But there's no way that we have to, there's no reason that we can't go back or take it to the throne now and make it a difference because, you know... Um, brown people in this world uh, specifically African Americans are really different disenfranchised and really disproportionately uh, you know targeted to keep out of the conversation of what's going on with them you know and uh, people forget that when they were looking for to enslave people they were looking for the most fit and the most strong and healthy. Mm-hmm. And there's receipts you can find online of slave auctions for boys and girls, and and they're pretty gross. But mm-hmm. Africans and indigenous people always had good health, good mind. Um, why is that taken away from them now? Um, why are we speaking English, which came from apparently Germans? who were teaching their language to the British um, during their their invading after the Romans. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, why am I speaking English? I could be speaking all kinds of native languages because the people of Mexico don't speak Spanish. (laughs) You just did a little jump there. I had to let people know. (laughs) But you're right. I had to let people know. Does anybody think about that? Does anybody ever think about how Mexico, people in Mexico don't speak or they shouldn't be speaking Spanish or, yeah well, they're speaking Spanish but why they're Mexican mm-hmm. and even then being Mexican you probably shouldn't even be speaking Spanish mm-hmm. you should be speaking some Mayan I stuck yeah. everything of that sort you know um, so you know wrapping things up when you see a black person don't just assume you could call them black Assume you can call them by their name. Because. Honestly, same thing for a white person. Yeah, we can't assume. Because what are our children's DNA results going to look like? Huh? (laughs) And that's the most beautiful part. If Ancestry or 23andMe wants to send us two uh, tests, we may try to get our children to put a little spit in them. Yeah, probably easy. <laughs> and figure it out. Because yeah, with your results and my results, what does that then equal to? Yeah, with my child? skin is brown and, and dark. With your children that have light colored skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this stuff was definitely interesting? Definitely interesting. We're only at like the surface, kind of just scratching away. But I feel like we're going in the right direction as a human race if we keep talking about the things that we think make us different. Because couldn't find out nothing makes you different because Renee and I both have British and Irish in our blood but one was darker than the other yep you know uh, even your son who's much lighter than you is still darker than me he's still darker than you <laughs> my daughter is darker than him and, and lighter yep. than me <laughs> so you know so um, <laughs> what genealogy at this point where does the house of humans 
And that's how you have to look at it. We're just a house of human beings coexisting in this land one at a time, trying to just live together. And, you know, it's the word of Kendrick Lamar, trying to just smoke good, eat good, live good. Mm-hmm. You know, so next time you see somebody on the street you don't know, don't assume they're what you think they are. That's the white man talking, the government, mm-hmm. mind control. Yep, Babylon. You got to unrewind your brain to think differently. Because you look at somebody's skin color and you assume they're a colonizer. You may be the one who came from the colonizers in the first place. Through slavery and rape and other shit. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. So, respect one another. Love one another. Be kind to one another. I feel like you're ending like a radio show like you do late nights. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dr. Love. <laughs> Wrapping up the late night meditation <laughs> on WJG. Yeah, I'm kidding. Anyways, it's funny. Um, but yeah, yeah that's great, all I have to add. Great, great meditation. I um, love it. Yeah, great meditation. Definitely different podcasts. I uh, would love to hear other people's opinions and uh, their own ancestry results if they feel like sharing them. Yeah, don't be don't be scared to because you know that's, that's the conversation <laughs> of how the human race is truly a melting pot and. You know, we should embrace each other's cultures, respect cultures, learn from them, don't appropriate them, and learn about how human history segregated us all from each other because they realized, just like Zeus did when he separated all of the humans uh, from their love, was that we're stronger together. Mm-hmm. So, they one love, that. one love, one love. <laughs> Alright, this is the Meredith's. We're signing off. If you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook yet, you can find us simply by searching for Meditation with the Meredith's. And we may be on YouTube soon. So keep an eye out. Word. Peace, love, reggae music. Peace, love, and reggae music. Bye.